It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Casey. Last week we did an April Fool's episode looking at three Nick Jr. shows. It took all of our might to discuss these seriously, but we did, we did do our best and hopefully we had you guys going there for at least the first segment or so. And hopefully you guys made it through the whole thing to know that is a joke. We're, we're sticking with Nicktoons, guys. Yeah. This time we're, we're wrapping up Nick Madness. SpongeBob is officially our winner, and in honor of that win, we decided to select not just three, but four fantastic episodes from the show to discuss today. In the words of the protagonist himself, four, count them, four. And uh, that is paraphrased, I'm aware, before I get called out by Ashley here. Uh-huh. So thank you guys all so much for voting. On the championship vote alone, we had almost 2,500 votes, which was awesome. I want to do the math of how many we totally received, so I'll, I'll get that number out at some point, because we had fantastic participation, and we gained a ton. We almost doubled our Twitter followers. It was a really great experience for everyone. And congratulations to at Megaferret777 for winning the Bracket Prediction Contest. Uh, you'll be getting a prize in the mail, and you also selected one of these episodes, Squirrel Jokes, which we'll get to. Um, in second place was my friend Max, who was looking like the clear winner until Jimmy Neutron made a surprise bid for the championship. And shortly after that was at Renee Collects. And each place in of the top three was separated by only one point. It was that close. So if any of the early rounds had gone the other way, things would have been totally different. And we will post a chart of everyone's final standings for those of you who are curious. I myself came in 13th place and I came up with this whole idea. So there's no shame in whatever place you got. It was pretty random. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy things that happened too. People fell quite a bit. I know Patricia, who was number one for half the contest ended up I don't know what her exact standing is but you know things got crazy in there predictions were what they were so it goes but thanks all of you guys for making Nick Madness an absolute blast now let's get started Our first episode is obviously from Spongebob. This one was Ashley's pick, and it's called Frank and Doodle. It's from Season 2, Episode 14B. And in this episode, Spongebob and Patrick find a magic pencil from above the water, and they end up drawing various things to find out that that makes them come to life, which eventually results in them creating Doodle Bob. So why don't we start these out with, like, why we picked the episodes we picked, maybe? Sure. Uh, so this one, like I said, is my pick. I, there's specifically just the pun humor in this one, I think is what stands out to me, and we'll get to that, but it's just got some, some great effortless puns in this that are just so good. And I think just the concept itself, just the idea of sort of this pencil that brings things to life has that great creativity that great new idea kind of a feel to it. So uh, that's that's kind of where I felt in this one. Just holds a special place to my heart. Also, uh, my brother, Josh, just recently tweeted out a picture of him holding on to, I don't remember what it was. It wasn't an actual pencil, but it was something shaped like a giant pencil and uh, had, like, the uh, caption of whatever the words are <laughs> that Doodle Bob says. The Mahoney. 
Yeah, there was some Mahoy Minoy in there. Mahoy Minoy in there. So, uh, brought that back to me, and I felt like we needed to bring this in. Totally. And I raised an eyebrow a little bit at you with this. To me, it's like a good but not great episode. And I think I've changed my mind after rewatching it. I totally get why you picked this one. It's such a unique episode. There's no other SpongeBob episode like it. The jokes are on point. The concept is terrifying. I'm honestly surprised they don't start, like, worshipping the uh, pencil when it comes from above. That would so be a thing SpongeBob and Patrick would do. But anyway, let's uh, let's dive right in. Yeah, first of all, I love that we, we start out with this artist at sea, right? Um, I don't know what he's drawing because he just has a pencil, but he, he's, he's out here drawing the sea, I suppose. And he's just out here on a boat. And just the idea to me that they actually had to film this. They actually had to, like, get a guy out in a boat, I don't know where, sitting with an easel. Like, they actually had to do this. Right. And I thought, oh, maybe it was, like, stock video or they got it from something else because it looks older. But the situation is so bizarrely specific that it has to be. Unless they based the whole episode around it. But, you know, clearly they went out and shot this, which is fantastic. And, you know, he's, he's got his pencil and he just pretty ridiculously flings it off the boat. You know, it's like a pretty overdone comical moment. And his pencil just falls into the ocean. And then we see, uh, well, then we, we go to Spongebob and Patrick playing this high quality game of rock, paper, scissors. But with, uh, bu- uh, bubbles. So, with their magic bubble transformation abilities are, you know, blowing their bubbles into either rock, paper, or scissors. And conveniently, they both pick paper, and the pencil just goes right through, like, both pieces of paper, or bubble pieces of paper. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's, it's a yeah. great moment. It's very oddly satisfying. It's uh, It cuts right through it and pops the bubbles. And just the idea of shaping bubbles is so fascinating to me in this show. Man, I... Yeah, it's a great reveal of this pencil. It lands kind of similarly to the anchor in an upcoming episode that comes from SpongeBob's cereal box. It's sort of a similar disruption of everyday life. It's like the... Uh, there's an old, like, storytelling cliche that every story, there are only two stories in the entire world, and it's someone or something comes to town, or uh, someone goes on an adventure. And so this episode is a someone coming to town, and it's uh, it's Doodle Bob in the form of a pencil at first. <laughs> uh, they start just kind of screwing around with it. They're drawing, uh, Spongebob draws a mustache on Patrick. There's a funny little gag when... They're right outside of Squidward's house for all of this, and the mustache floats off of Patrick's head face and lands right on Squidward's head just as he's saying in his mirror, as he would do, you've got looks, talent, all you need is a full head of, it lands on his head, hair! <laughs> I also want a quick throwback. There's a, Spongebob just draws like a jellyfish, and I can't remember exactly what Patrick says, but he has this like very out of character but like well done art critique of like you know it's it's okay but it's kind of lacking in perspective and it seems a little uh <laughs> a little derivative or something along the lines of that yeah he's like i question your use of form or something like that <laughs> something <laughs> and just... that's 
this is my old man rant. That's what current Spongebob, of what I've seen of it, is missing, is the, the sophisticated side of Spongebob. Because that's what, Spongebob is the meeting of highbrow and lowbrow, and that's what makes it so great and so universal. Because our, people who love art and study art, will they'll think that's hilarious, and then there'll be like a stupid mustache joke for the rest of us, you know? Uh, it's just, it's got something for everyone. Yeah, and I think neither of us have seen many of like the most most recent episodes and we have been talking about us doing a sort of new spongebob sort of trying to clear all of our preconceptions of it and just try to watch it like it's you know a show and see what we can get out of it but if i had to guess it would be kind of like the new fairly odd parents where not everything is terrible there's a couple of good jokes in there but it just doesn't feel the same and it's not just the nostalgia i don't think but let's stay off of the negativity right, we're praising the winner here right yeah, it's an incredible show. I do want to say it deserved to win. I, I love Hey Arnold, and I wish Hey Arnold had won the whole thing. I do think it's a better show than Spongebob, but I completely acknowledge that a good thing happened here. Spongebob winning, totally fair. Jimmy Neutron finally was stopped. It was unclear if it ever would be stopped, but it was, and it was a very intense matchup. It was never very close, but there were moments where Jimmy Neutron would get a push of the vote, and we would be kind of like, uh-oh, Maybe we should get some Jimmy Neutron episodes ready, but it never went that far. Yeah, and I, I was glad for that. SpongeBob deserves to win. It's a fantastic show. It's done some fantastic things. And I think just culturally, I understand, like, its importance is probably greater to a larger number of people than Hey Arnold ever was, even if personally I find Hey Arnold more impactful. But right. moving back. So then, yeah, we get to Doodle Bob. Or, I'm sorry, Frankendoodle. No, 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 Doodlebob. Which is it? Frankendoodle is the title of the episode. His name is Doodlebob. Right. That's kind of deceptive. Yeah, it kind of threw me off, too. But, yeah, they... they Weird. ...have this, this moment where they're... Well, they play a prank on Squidward. They make him think that there's a dollar outside of their door. It's not. He trips. He loses his hair. Um, and they're laughing about it, and they're kind of, like, jumping up and down... And then Spongebob has this idea, and he's like, wait! And he stops, like, in midair. And I just, I love those kinds of things. These kind of physics-stopping moments. I I don't know why, but, like, to me, that was just so funny. Yeah, the way, the way Spongebob defies the, like, natural laws of the universe is such a great ongoing gag in the show. And it's just so, it's just so ingrained in there. Just a quick thing, and, yeah, then, then we get Doodle Bob, which... His idea, he's like, oh, oh I've got this God. great prank. Squidward will answer the door and think it's me, and then it won't be me. But, <laughs> which, to be fair, it's not even that good of a prank, right? Like, oh, you thought it was me, but it was actually just a pencil drawing of me. What a prank. I think our, I, uh, I mean, if I had the capabilities of doing that, Ashley, to you, I so would. So, like, maybe it's not a good prank, but it's certainly one that I think we would all think of if we had this magical pencil. That's fair. But it, it ends up being this terrifying... I, I wish I could have been in the room when uh, the voice actor was was recording these noises of this Spongebob voice, which yeah. I looked it up. It's it's uh, <laughs> the same guy who voices uh, Potty the Parrot in later seasons or early seasons. I don't remember. Of but, course. Of and he, course it he's is. He's like on the... I forget exactly. Somewhere in the creative works of things, but um, 
it's just all these mihi moini moi noises and yeah, meat hat mahim and I yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty guttural and disturbing. He's this like primitive, you know. I don't know how he would have a functioning brain, but he clearly does. He's communicating, even though it's not, it's gibberish. And it becomes this sort of cat and mouse chase. And this thing is scary. It's kind of out of goosebumps, the whole, like, it's like those, what, the dolls, the dummies? Remember the the Revenge of the Dummies and the Night of the Living Dummies and all that? The kids always try to throw them away, but they always come back somehow. And that's sort of what's going on here. Yeah, it's... It's basically them trying to get rid of Doodlebob. And Doodlebob steals the pencil, which is, I think, an interesting twist, right? The sort of stealing the tool that it was used to be created with. I guess maybe the Franken-Doodle is supposed to be more as of, um, you know, explaining the situation. Like, it's like a Frankenstein, although I guess technically Frankenstein isn't the monster. We all know that, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But, um... But how, right, but like, then it, you know, the creator turns against speak of how... the, the created turning against the creator. So I think that's why the right. title of the episode is that. Anyways, so they're trying to find him and uh, Patrick goes like, maybe he's in that poorly drawn pineapple. And there it is indeed, just a poorly drawn pineapple. Like it's like this off-brand copy of Spongebob. Incredible. Yeah, and then later on, I'm going a little out of order here, but there's this great moment where Patrick is describing how horrifying and grotesque Frankendoodle is. Or, sorry, Doodlebob. He's describing how grotesque he is, and Patrick ends up just picking all of the traits that are most like Spongebob. He's like, and he's got that tie and that square body, and he's just naming things that are true of Spongebob. Yeah, and, and Spongebob kind of, like, makes a little... <clears throat> and he's like, oh, it, it looks great on you, though, Spongebob. Like, just <laughs> great stuff. I also... I want to quickly... I don't know if this is a joke that I'm missing or what, but, uh, so... So, they they hide in this... Well, no, they end up falling into this hole that Doodlebob sets for them because they're not paying attention. And then Doodlebob ends up sort of just making a bowling ball and throwing it at them. And Patrick yells... No, 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 Patrick gets hit, turns into pins, and, like, there's, like, a strike. And then Spongebob says, like, Patrick, are you okay? And he just responds with, Finland! And I don't know what that means. Am I missing something? What? Well I just did a brief search, and I stumbled upon a Reddit thread, someone saying, help with the meaning of Finland, it's from two years ago, and the only answer is someone says, it's simple, Finland is a cold, dark place with high suicide rates during the winter. The whole represents Patrick's descent into drugs and the underbelly of society. <laughs> so there's your answer. <laughs> okay. Apparently, that's, I, I missed that, but now I totally see how that's a thing. Yeah. It's crystal clear. No, I guess, so I assume nobody knows. I couldn't find any links explaining it. It's just random, I guess. Yeah. Just if anybody comes up with anything that makes sense, I don't know. But Finland is his response to I that. Did, I, t I told Ashley this in the notes, but for years growing up, I thought it was a bowling turn term because it's it's uh, it's after Patrick gets bowled by a bowling ball that Frankendoodle, or that Doodlebob creates, and... I always thought, like, oh, if, like, Finland is a bowling thing. It's like a strike. 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a valid thought, but I guess there was no reason to think that there was any logic to it. Whatever. So it goes. Right. And then, uh, so Spongebob does, he gets his pencil back. He takes the eraser and he's, he's like, any last words? And, uh, Doodlebob yells out, I don't know, like, bop, bop, beeble, bobble doodle. And then, like, he's like, I'm sorry, what was that? And he kind of, like, repeats it slower with a, like, can you not understand me voice? Like, are you kidding me? Like, do I really have to repeat myself? Like, do you not understand these perfectly clear words that I'm saying? And I, I love that moment, too. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but so within the constraints of the world they've set up. It's really fantastic. Yeah, and, and I think uh, it, so it goes to show again that his uh his manner of communicating isn't random to him. Like he's he's saying mm -hmm. real things. Yeah. And or if maybe it's like an animal who who's howling where it's not like it's a literal language, but it's communicating ideas. Yeah. And the, so then Spongebob misses an arm of Doodlebob, and uh, so we see this arm sort of slithering towards Spongebob's house, and then it's the middle of the night. Spongebob has drawn himself just, like, a sweet bedroom with, like, like drapery over his beds, and Gary has, what, like, a, a crown on? Yeah. Yeah, he draws Gary a crown, but the... <laughs> This is sort of where the puns start. There's like a pun, not so much a war, because it's only Spongebob, but uh, the arm crawls into Spongebob's house, it goes up the stairs, it goes to the bathroom, which is incredible as a concept. <laughs> we hear the toilet flush and the light go out. It then goes up to Spongebob's room and grabs the pencil, pencil starts redrawing himself. Spongebob says... Um, Oh, what what are you doing up pencil? Drawing your drawing a glass of water and uh I didn't really realize how brilliant that line was in terms of drawing like drawing a bath. I never understood the pun until now. Yeah, it's great. And then also obviously drawing like the literal drawing, but yeah, there's this is where the puns right. start to get unreal is this this upcoming scene. So uh Doodle ends up just kind of coming back. He's like Spongebob obviously panics, and he says, You doodle, me Spongebob. And it's, it's pretty terrifying, honestly. It's it's worrisome in so many ways, the idea that he's basically trying to get rid of Spongebob. And then we find out that this eraser can actually erase real-life things, too. And he just starts erasing tons of things in Spongebob's life, which, again, kind of terrifying. He takes out, like, an entire layer of the house, and it all just sort of drops a bit, which I feel like would upset the infrastructure of his already shaky pineapple. But it survives. It doesn't topple. Can we talk about the Spongebob butt shot? It's kind of disturbing. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite moment of this episode. And then, for whatever reason, Doodlebob just erases the crack. Spongebob just does not have a yep. butt crack anymore, and that's just a thing that happens. <laughs> There you Which go. was true before. Like, we've seen, you know? Yeah, you know? It's like, just for the gag, we see more more detail than we ever needed. So, so that's, yeah, and that, yeah, wrapping up, the, yeah, so they get into this pun war. Do you want to get into that, Ashley? Sure, so, Doodlebob's just kind of, like, throwing around the racer, like, you know, pointing it everywhere, and Spongebob's like, don't do that. Who knows what will happen? And then Doodlebob raises his nose and he says, my nose. And then um, 
and they end up breaking the pencil into two. And so SpongeBob has the uh, half with the pencil end. Doodlebob has the eraser. And he says, like, it looks like this is a draw and points his pencil towards him. And then Doodlebob uses his mouth as a sharpener and, like, sharpens the other end of his uh, pencil half. And SpongeBob says, you've made your point, which, again, just great, as in you made your point as in how you would say that normally, and as well, making the point of the pencil. Um, and then he's like, no matter, I was more, most artistic in high school. This isn't a pun, but he just does it and just throws the pencil straight out the window. And then as they, um, as Doodlebob sort of gets closer to him, SpongeBob retreats to this bookcase, and he realizes that paper can sort of capture these pencil markings, and he ends up with a uh, page for Mr. Doodle, which I don't even know if this is, like, a thing that kids nowadays would know about, but, like, you can page people, right? Is that even how you would... I don't know what you would say nowadays, but, you know, like, that's a it's a phrase. When someone pages you, that you would tell them that mm -hmm. they're paged, and it's a page for... But it's also a page like paper, because he's going on a yeah. page. I feel stupid explaining these things, but it's hilarious. We, we get me. it, Ashley. <laughs> we we get it. It's a it is an incredible zinger. So many zingers, and uh, yeah. So and then he smiles when when he is confined to the book. A little smile appears, and Patrick comes over after it's all resolved. And I love the way he delivers this line. He goes, "Hey, SpongeBob, what's with all the ruckus?" <laughs> and SpongeBob. Explains what happened, and uh, Patrick looks. He so SpongeBob hangs up the picture of Doodle of Doodlebob, and Patrick says he still looks kind of creepy, but he's looking at the normal SpongeBob picture. Yes. <laughs> Throwback to that earlier joke too. It's just the idea that Squidward or not Squidward, Patrick apparently thinks that SpongeBob just looks bad. Still great. <laughs> <laughs> no, really great moment, and. Uh, then he gets, uh, the, they launch the pencil back up into the sky. SpongeBob puts it in Patrick's mouth and jumps on his belly, and it flies up above the air. The guy screams, my pencil! And he sounds just like the My Leg guy. I'm gotta sure it's the, the same, same voice. I I'm didn't sure look it was... up, but gotta be. Yeah. And, uh, of course... And, yeah, that wraps the... up the episode. Well, we, we get the, the tragic moment, though, where he goes, he finally gets his pencil back. Apparently this guy has not moved. He's been here for, like, an entire day, just sitting there. He gets his pencil back, goes to put it on the page, and immediately just breaks the pencil. And, uh, the narrator goes, you know, the second rule of the artist at sea, always bring a pencil sharpener. And it's, you know, it's pretty sad. Kind of feel bad for him. It's very out of the twilight zone and those sort of ironies that happen. Um, all right, so we got a long episode today, so I think we should mo move it on along. Yeah. This is a great pick, Ashley. Yeah, that clears up all my thoughts. Uh, coming up next, we'll have Casey's pick. All right, next up we have my pick. It's called Rock Bottom, and it's from Season 1, Episode 17B. And in this episode, after leaving Glove World... Spongebob and Patrick mistakenly take the wrong bus, ending them up in the frightening world of Rock Bottom. I guess go ahead and want to explain why you picked this one? Yeah, this is just a 
Yeah, sure. This episode, I was torn between this and Chocolate with Nuts. I adore both episodes. We've covered most of my other favorites, but I could fill an entire podcast of my Spongebob favorites. I love this episode. I love the strange world of Rock Bottom. I love just the constant struggle to just get on a bus. It's just so funny to me. It's like Ashley described it later on as uh, like the, the least realistic but also so real episode ever. <laughs> and it really is. Uh, so we start off with Glove World. SpongeBob and Patrick are on their way. They're leaving Glove World. Um, yeah, they've got yeah right? they've got all sorts of glove merchandise. SpongeBob's got this glove yeah, balloon. Yeah, because they've got all their glove merch. Hat, yeah, glove everything. Yeah, he, he keeps hitting the bus driver with the balloon as he tries to get change out of his pocket and figure out you know what he's doing. And it's just <laughs> the the ongoing gag was so funny to me. And uh, they sit down on the bus. The bus is heading. They think back towards Bikini Bottom or back towards their home, their street. And Patrick turns and asks Spongebob, where is leaving Bikini Bottom? And Spongebob's like, where did you see that? He goes, the sign. It says, you are now in leaving Bikini Bottom. And he adds the preposition because he just thinks that they're going to a place called leaving Bikini Bottom. Completely ridiculous. Yeah, and again, I think this is sort of that clever, stupid moment where the idea that Patrick sees this Uh sign and assumes that the sign has to be telling them a location they're going to. And, uh... At that moment, Spongebob's like, oh no, I think we got on the wrong, and then they start, they literally just fall. It's a straight 90 degree angle road. Bus, and they're, they're thrown to the back of the bus just by, you know, gravity. It's, it's nuts. It, it reminds me, uh, me and Casey got on this wrong subway temporarily, and we only rode it for, like, a station, but it's that same feeling of, like, we're going the wrong way, like... This isn't, this isn't right. Yeah, it feels like the world is ending for a split second, yeah. It almost happened to me today, I caught a train just at the last second, and the doors started closing and I realized it was going the wrong way and I hopped out again, so it was just like double overwhelming. (laughs) Too much, but this episode really resonated with me in that way. And... Yeah, we get get a lot of those moments too within this one, these sort of, oh god, I feel that so much, I've never been stuck in rock bottom but I, I understand the concept of this. So, uh, basically oh, the rest sure. of the episode and Patrick... is Spongebob trying to just get on a bus. Um, and I forget, what what is Spongebob doing the first time? Spongebob's, he like leaves the bus stop for a second and Patrick's like, hey, Spongebob, the bus is here, but he's like on the bus and the bus is already leaving. Right. So they're separated, and there's this tragic moment, you know, where Patrick is on the bus going up the 90-degree angle, and Pat Spongebob is running after it, going, wait, but it's too late. They are separated, and uh, then he's tying his shoe, and he misses the bus, and then he has a, uh, what's it called? He goes to the vending oh, machine. Oh, the vending machine is great. And... That's my favorite part of the whole episode. Essentially, Spongebob decides he wants a kelp bar. Two of our episodes feature kelp as a product. And he goes to buy it, and as he puts the money in, the bus comes. It keeps happening. It keeps happening. And then he catches on to what's happening. And so he puts the money in, takes it out. Puts the money in, takes it out. And the bus <laughs> the bus shows up and then goes in reverse. Shows up and goes in reverse. Perfectly in sync with his actions. Yeah. It's amazing. And he, sort of, he goes and he like presses his hand down on the kelp bar. And we hear like 
like as though it's a gas pedal, we hear like the vroom, vroom, at the same point of him like pushing his <laughs> hand on it, and he tries with all of his might to run after it, he... leaving the candy bar behind to no avail. Yep, and so then he ends up uh, just waiting in line for the sort of bus station. There's like a, a, a kiosk to check when the buses are coming, and the line is in- extremely long, and he get, he gets on his number... 329. Uh, 329, but... Yeah, and then the person in front of him, like, lays an egg, <laughs> and it has a giant 329 on it. And out of their mouth, yeah. too, right? and just throws it on his head. And then the line looks like it's moving forward. And as soon as it does, the egg hashes, and there's three new little fish creatures that go in front of SpongeBob in line just to fill up that gap. And again, I feel like this... And there's something... Just just this sort of, again, the, the, obviously I've never been in a line with a million creatures but this feeling of I've been in line forever, nothing is moving, everything is terrible after his horrible bus incidents. You, you feel for him, man. It's rough. And then Spongebob had a moment that is very much like me. I'm sure it's confirmation bias, but I've noticed that I close out lines in, like, everything. I don't know if it's because no one wants to stand behind me or what, but, like, roller coasters, getting, like, food. I, I Whenever there's a long line, I feel like I end it. Like, when I get up, there's no longer a line. And that's what happens to Spongebob in this moment. He finally gets to the front, and the, uh... So, first of all... The guy is not helpful at all. He's like, oh, the next next bus comes in five seconds. Oops, you just missed it. We're closed. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah, he's like, the, the next one doesn't come until morning. Sorry. And uh, yep. I guess we, we didn't mention earlier, while waiting for the bus, SpongeBob meets this strange redfish creature who, uh, who runs after SpongeBob's balloon, never to be seen again, so we think. Just need to prop you guys for that. But also, while asking for help, we, we get to learn the uh, the accent. If you want to maybe get into the, a little bit of the accent of the people of Rock Bottom. Yeah, there's like a dialect of English that they apparently speak. And and they, they do like raspberries in between every word where it's like, I don't understand your accent when they're talking to Spongebob and... <laughs> So it's <laughs> so creative and such a fun concept. Also, all of the signage in Rock Bottom ha- has, like, exclamation points replace the I's, eights replace the zeros. There's sort of, you can still read everything, but it's just supposed to feel foreign. Yeah, and we also, uh, quick throwback, I'll go through this real quick, um, and they, when they very first get there, they realize they need to go to the bathroom and so they are like oh we'll just wait for somebody to come out you know and then we'll know which room to go in because there's like a question mark and an upside down question mark as the the labels and all of these creatures are just horrifying which to be fair the bottom of the ocean does have some horrifying looking creatures for real it always freaked me out as a kid and still does today and yeah i actually do like the red dude the the red fish he he comes in yeah, he comes in clutch at the end. There's a sort of other side thing with SpongeBob's balloon that he like he keeps losing it and 
he keeps letting go and having to frantically grab it, and the red dude comes back at the very end, and he ties Spongebob's balloon to its wrist, and he goes, well, that solves my balloon problem, I guess, kind of sarcastically. And he start, and then as he's sort of complaining about the state of his life, the red fish guy starts inflating the balloon further and further, and now Spongebob is lifted up into the air, starts floating up, and he realizes that this red fish has just saved him, and Spongebob yells, and this is such an iconic moment of the episode, he goes, Thank you! And we don't see him say it, but we just hear his voice from down below. The red fish just says, You're welcome! In like a totally normal human voice. <laughs> it's beautiful, it really is. Just that, that I guess he's been able to understand everything all along. Just such a great way to close out the whole of rock bottom and also the balloon just brings spongebob right to his house which is pretty convenient yeah and, right uh, to his house I, and you can do the final moment sure sure the the last thing we see then and just it's beautiful beautiful way to end it end it all is uh we see a bus driving by patrick's on and he's like don't worry spongebob i'm coming back for you which is so cute the idea that you know patrick's worried for him trying to find him but also that idea of obviously we know as the audience that spongebob's already there and he's going back just for just to be lost all over again yeah it's oh it's just a solid episode it's not as joke heavy it's more conceptual but i love the concept and i think it's done really well yeah definitely it's it's got some real creepiness to it that i feel like is more rare in Spongebob, but when they do it, it, they do it well, and this, this has, like I said, just, it's the most, there's so many real things where we feel those real struggles, and I do feel like, too, that it's kind of geared a little bit older than some of the later Spongebob, right? Like, uh, kids don't really have the struggles of being late for the bus so frequently, maybe a little bit, but not, not so much the waiting for the bus things for the most part. Um, not so much these, like, waiting in lines at, like, you know, government offices kind of things. Like, these, I, I feel like the jokes are geared a little bit older. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I agree with that assessment. I think that's about it that I've got on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm good to, good to call that one cleared. Um, coming up after this, we will have mine and Casey's combined pick. Our third episode is one that me and Casey both chose together. It's entitled Shanghai. It's from season two, episode 13A. In this episode, Squidward, Patrick, and Spongebob board the Flying Dutchman ship after his anchor crashes into Spongebob and subsequently Squidward's house. Yeah, I guess we can both talk a little bit as to why this one's picked. I think this one, it's got to be up there in quotability. I know we've already had our quotability discussions mm -hmm. way back in episode two, I think, but up there in quotability, and it's one of those that me and Casey, I feel like, just reference frequently, just various lines from this all the time. It always sticks with me. It's just such it's a great It's absolutely brilliant from start to finish. Some of the best co SpongeBob comedy at its best. It's... Uh... It's thoroughly enjoyable. It's a great concept, great zingers and one-liners, and some great character clashing. It is a patchy episode, so that's a negative on it, but in my book. But, you know, not everything's perfect. 
Yeah, I feel like in replays it isn't always, though. Am I wrong? Maybe they do. I know they cut out the voting part, but I really thought they always show Patchy. Maybe not. I don't remember Patchy always being a part of it. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen this, mm -hmm. obviously, air on actual television. Um, the version that we did see... So this is something that I, I didn't really realize until the rewatch. I didn't remember that this was a thing. They had an original number you could call, and you could vote for who would get the final wish. And depending on that, there were three different endings, and one of them became the ending for the episode from then on. I'm not sure how legitimate that is as to like what their expectations were, if they really were just going to leave the episode with one of the other two endings, or if not. I, it, it's unclear, you know, we'll never really know, but I think the concept of that is really cute, and that, you know, the idea you could vote, and that it would be permanently in the episode for all times. Yeah, I do love that. It's, uh, yeah, it, that, that the way people decided ended up becoming the episode as we remembered it, even though it could have gone a lot of different ways. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it is a strong episode. We have the Kelpo cereal. Spongebob is preparing his breakfast and he's about to eat some Kelpo cereal. And he's looking for one of the eight collectible prizes inside, and he can't find it, so he starts looking through the empty box after he pours the entire box into his cereal. And an anchor crashes through his house just at that moment. And Spongebob isn't great at recognizing coincidences, apparently. And he immediately starts claiming that the sky had a baby uh, out of his cereal box because, you know, that's something that's possible. I think, too, why would it be shaped like that? If the sky were an entity that could have a baby, why would that be it? Like, why would, why would that be the thing that is the baby of the sky? I don't know. And Mr. Krabs' house is in the shape of an anchor, so they clearly are familiar with the concept of anchors. And there's the whole episode, Hooky. Well, that's about fishing lines. That's a little different, but... Still, they know what anchors yeah. are. You would imagine, but it could be, too, that for this moment they decided to ignore that fact. Regardless, um, Squidward is talking about how ridiculous they are, and Patrick waltzes on up and he's like, Spongebob, look, the sky had a baby. Yeah. So they're all on the same page here. Without consulting each other, they both came to the same conclusion, which I absolutely love. Spongebob says, or Squidward says, you know, whatever, not my problem, not on my lawn, and then it, the anchor swings into his house, and it, it, if he had been, like, maybe ten feet back, it would have just killed him. The anchor would have gone right into him. Yeah, and obviously Squidward's not, not too pleased about this, and this is just one of those, those lines that I love so much, where, um, Squidward's like, that's it, I'm gonna get to the, to the bottom of this and Spongebob's just like wouldn't that be the top because he's climbing the chain of the anchor so another one of those clever little lines yeah the first of many incredible lines in this episode so then they start climbing all three of them are in it together it's one of those rare Spongebob Patrick Squidward adventures and they uh they get onto the ship well first Spongebob says ship when they get to the top and Patrick says, Spongebob, how long are you going to stay in your little fantasy world? <laughs> Which is such a bizarre line. There's not really any logic to it. Like, of course no. there's a ship at the top. It's also just the concept of, if anything, they're both living in the same little fantasy world. But 
Patrick sort of condescending. Oh, it's to. so if condescending. Anything, if anything, he's further into a fantasy world than SpongeBob. And SpongeBob's not doing that great as far as reality goes, but it's it's a great moment. And uh, yeah, so they they make it to this mysterious ghost ship. Who could it possibly belong to? We got to figure that out. Yeah, they're saying, like, doesn't it just kind of ring a bell? And then Squidward's ringing the doorbell under the owner sign of the boat. And uh, Patrick's like, yes! Uh, they Squidward is sort of bad-mouthing the ship on their way up. And so when the Flying Dutchman finally reveals himself, uh, SpongeBob's like, oh, right, it's the Red Baron, which is, I think, one of the weaker jokes of the show. It's, like, too yeah. obvious. But... Squid, uh, Spongebob and Patrick then immediately start talking about how, oh, Squidward was, you know, talking a big game here, and he was saying, like, oh, their ship's really dirty, and the Flying Dutchman gets very upset by that, and he said, the only thing worse than insulting man's ship is insulting his mother, and Spongebob goes, no, it was his mother he said was dirty, <laughs> which is a pretty risque line for this show. It's also just... Boss Squidward thrown under, just... Directly. Immediately, too. And, no hesitation. And, um, we find out Dutchman's got this this sort of power to make fire come out of his nose. It's just green, horrifying fire. It's kind of like a lightning-fire combo, almost, honestly. Yep. And he just, he just starts zapping Squidward for one of many times that that ends up happening. And uh, that kind of terrifies Spongebob and Patrick, so they keep going through and jumping, you know, off the ship repeatedly. And uh, eventually they stop, and they, they sort of are coming to terms with it. And then, uh, I don't remember what is it, that they say something? Or something? I, I, I know that, or maybe it's just the jumping, that the Dutchman's like, are you guys going to try that again? And whatever it is, you know that if they do it again, that it was going to result in Squidward getting shocked again. And they just, yeah, they are not great to Squidward in this episode. Although he, he, I guess because the anchor hit his house, he felt compelled to climb. But my favorite line in this episode is the Dutchman is like, all right, you guys are here, you're stuck here, you're going to be working for me now. And Squidward just, in the most dry, sarcastic voice, will we be getting business cards? <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, I think that's basically one of the the final straws that's coming up, right? Where the Dutchman decides after that he can't handle this and just sort of there's just this zipper, this zipper from nowhere, the the fly of despair, as we learned that it's named, and this is actually terrifying. I think, um, you know, so far each of these episodes have had at least one truly terrifying moment. Well, there's a lot of, like, body horror and graphic imagery in Spongebob, more than you'd really think until you start to really go through all the moments. And it's, uh, it's pretty uncomfortable. There's, like, horrific, like, they're almost like fetuses and, like, faces with realistic eyes, and it's, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, it's terrifying. He's just falling through it. We see Spongebob and Patrick sort of looking down and being terrified, and then... They just realize that this is this is their lives now. They're going to be a part of the crew. We also get this great moment. I keep saying great moment, but there's a lot of them in here, man. Uh, 
where the Dutchman says, you know, I just want you guys to clean up the ship and make it look good and scary. And they have this sort of banter between the two of them. He's like, wait, do you want it to look good or do you want it to look scary? And then uh, I think Patrick's like, he wants it to look so good that it's scary. And Spongebob comes back with, or maybe he wants it to look so scary that you forget that it doesn't look good. And just like, just this ridiculous banter over this clearly, you know, just a, you know, toss away comment by the, right by the Dutchman. And, the, the and Spongebob two of them, looks so satisfied too. The two of them working logic out together is so funny to me. The, Patrick's like, I don't get it. And Spongebob goes, look, it simply means. <laughs> and then they get cut off. It's like, all right. And they sing, a sailor's life is a wonderful life, wonderful life for sure. And they're like, Patrick is like scraping the floorboards with the bucket. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. And then we get into um, just them and their lives as working on the Dutchman's ship. And, you know, it's hard for me to say for sure, but this this might be sort of my favorite sort of montage of the whole thing. It's just they, first of all, they need to have their, I don't remember what he calls it, but they, they're howling to the world for whatever reason because they're ghosts. And the Dutchman goes like, oh, and Spongebob goes like, I don't know, he just makes his laugh. Yeah. I'm not even going to attempt it. And and then Patrick just comes in with a little, 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 like just ongoing. And I die. I die every time. It's incredible. And Ashley, I'm going to have to make good use of that audio you just gave us in future episodes. <laughs> That's going to be a good, like, reaction noise for the podcast. <laughs> I do want to, as we start to start reach our second year, I want to add more sort of soundboard-like things in the editing, and that will certainly be one of them. So thank you for that. Anytime. Hopefully I, I did it justice. Yeah, it was pretty close. And yeah, so that's obviously an incredible moment. I think you guys should watch this episode yourself. You already know it, but let's let's pick like maybe two or three more amazing moments because we took a lot of notes on this episode. Sure, yeah. I think... Ooh, that's tough. Okay, how about we each pick our remaining favorite moment before the very end. And Got then we'll, we'll talk about the remaining endings, but we each pick one moment. You go first. Great. I'll go second. I'll do it sort of a combined moment, but the... They decide, okay, it's time to scare some people, the Dutchman decides, and they do use a telescope, and it circles around, and it picks first a really tough-looking dude with uh, tattoos and stuff, and the Dutchman just blows on it a little bit, and it moves to a little girl, who, or a little boy, it's, I think a girl, and she's singing, I had four biscuits, then I ate one, then I only had three. And <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that, it destroyed me. It's so innocent and so just ridiculously over-the-top nursery rhyme kind of thing. And they're like, okay, we're going to go prank her. And Spongebob and Patrick come out of the brush and they're sort of going, ooh. And he's doing that stupid thing where you link your thumb and your pointer finger together and you put it behind your head, you slip it out, you bring it back, and they're separated, and they're going, how did he do that? She just says, those guys are dorks. And he says, yes, but they're my dorks. And it's it's another one of those really memorable moments of this episode, of which there are so many. Yeah, it, you know, I, I feel like that's probably how how you guys feel about us, right? We're, we're dorks, but you're yours, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit again. You, you've... You guys know the moments. You know there's 
tons of great things we're going to have to skip out on just based on time. But I think you got to talk about it is they, uh, they find out they're getting fired. They're going to get eaten. And the only way out is for them to leave. Uh, well, Patrick's brilliant idea is literally just, let's leave. <laughs> and, and so they do, and they have to go through the perfume department. Why that exists on the ship isn't important, but it's a real life. It's, it's another one of those sort of cut-ins for live action that I love. And we just get this dramatic music playing, sort of this, like, I don't know, store music. And we just see them going with, like, gas masks and as though it's through a war zone going through the perfume department. Which, actually, to be fair, going through one of those gets really annoying. I don't know why they can't just not spray you with things. But anytime, if you guys have ever had to do this, anytime you go anywhere near the perfume department, you're going to have to deal with somebody wanting to spray you with some perfume. It's a true thing that happens. Yeah, that's a great moment. Then we get to the very end, eventually, where there's a plot with the dining sock. He, well, <laughs> the Dutchman just saying, all right, well, uh, they're like, oh, so you're going to let us go now? And he goes, no, I'm just going to eat you. <laughs> and the the starkness of that line is so great. And they get, they get out of it by... Uh, or, they really don't get out of it in any way in any of the endings, but we do have this triple ending, and we did get to see all three endings that fans voted on. Right. So so there's the three wishes. I'll go through the first two really quickly. Uh, the first two stay the same regardless. Um, Patrick goes, wishes? I wish we'd known that earlier. And we get the shot of a clock ticking back, and then they say, I wish Squidward were here to see this. Squidward gets transported back up there. We have all three of them up on board, and we need to decide who gets the final wish just to, you know, quickly highlight that all up in there. Yep. And so in in our sort of version that we got to see, the first one we see <laughs> is Patrick's Wish. It's so good. Do you want to go ahead? Go ahead and explain that one. The ending is kind of lame, but the the beginning of this ending is so great. Patrick's like, okay, I gotta think, gotta think. He gets this, like, forehead vein. It's like his stupid version of a brain blast. <laughs> uh, just to give a shout-out to our runner-up of Nick Madness. <laughs> and... It zooms into his brain, and there's a single toaster that goes ding, and it makes one toast. And there are two slots. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just great. It kind of reminded me of the, um, I, I think it's in the episode where he's like an idiot or whatever, or where he makes his parents think SpongeBob is an idiot. Is that the one where like he's like? The inner workings of my brain are an enigma. And yeah. we just see that carton of milk spill over. Yeah, it's the, inner, me of the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Yeah, so, uh, like I said, it reminded me of that in just this real world moment that we get this view into his mind. And you're just like, wow, that's, that's what there is. And uh, his wish is just for gum. And... He decides, you know, well, you know, we're gonna have to be here forever. We might as well have good-smelling breath. And uh, the Dutchman just legitimately eats them. We see just, like, their clothing on a plate. And we see the Dutchman, you know, finishing up. And he's like, hmm, minty. They're just dead. That's it. Yeah. And then the Squidward ending, he just wishes that he had never met SpongeBob. But they're still on the boat. It's taken very literally. And Spongebob's just like, oh, hi, I'm Spongebob, and this is my associate, Patrick. <laughs> I love that language. Yeah. And then Dutchman's like, oh, well, now that introductions are done, I guess we can uh, go ahead and eat you now. <laughs> so again, just both of these pretty, 
pretty gruesome, at least in the, the one that ended up, you know, on air for the rest of the times, is, uh, of course, Spongebob wishes that he was a vegetarian, but then he changes them into fruits, and they're all in a blender together, along with the pineapple. We get this great kind of fake out, where we see just their heads in the pineapple, and you think that they're back home by uh, Spongebob's pineapple house, but they're actually in a blender, and, uh, the Dutchman's ship gets changed into sort of an, uh, uh, why can I not come up? What, what era is that? You know, the hippie era. It's like late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. yeah. Sort of in, in that vein, they've got like this, this bus going on there, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's just how it ends. So they presumably still die, but yep. don't I get a wish too? It's kind of a, it's like a reverse deus ex machina, like no matter what, no, there is nothing to save the day, and it's ended by sort of ridiculous circumstances. Yeah, which honestly, I, I definitely, I do, I do wonder if there were truly different endings for all of them, because I just feel like of the three, that one's the most satisfying, right? Yeah, it is. It's funny. It's like, I think because it's such a, like, joke you don't really see it as part of the continuity of the show. Like, you know there'll be another episode and they'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. But overall, voting was really a cute sort of add-on, but even despite that, without the gimmick, it is still just such a great episode. So many moments, several that we missed, but, you know, gotta, gotta get through it. I think that sums up everything I wanted to say. Are you good? I am. I do just want to say that the voting kind of nicely parallels to our own Nick Madness. That was kind of oh. a nice, nice discovery. Indeed. All right, next up we have our bracket predictor winner at Megaferret777 who picked the episode Squirrel Jokes. All right, we're back with our fourth and final episode. I believe our first episode ever where we have had four show episodes. This is at Megaferret777's pick, Squirrel Jokes. It's season two, episode 11B. And in this one, basically, pretty much sums this up really well. Just Spongebob tells squirrel jokes that are really offensive, and Sandy gets offended. It's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, and the I think this was a great choice, Megaferret. Um, at first, Megaferret suggested Band Geeks, which would have been a fantastic choice. We just thought we sort of already covered it. I watched it. And we talked about it a lot, so decided to go with a different episode, but your second choice is also an incredible episode. This is a fascinating episode because it's a lot more metaphoric than I think any other episodes are of the show. Yeah, I don't think I realized quite how metaphoric it was until the rewatch either. Yeah, I didn't really either. It's pretty on the nose, too, this parallel for racism and, like, with your jokes, if you're making a joke about a minority group are you punching up or are you punching down can you make fun of yourself uh really interesting questions that are i think a lot deeper than spongebob typically is yeah definitely and i think it does it in sort of a way that comes off as a joke and it's still a funny episode and it's still an upbeat episode but definitely does sort of cover that sort of thing of when is when is it too far which i think is something that you know you kind of find out with your friends too. And and also just one of those dynamics that you'll see a lot of times where it's like in a group or like when it's just you and that friend, you can say different things and poke fun at each other in a different way than in when it's to an audience, right? Like there's, 
there's sort of this dynamic of what is and isn't okay there. Yeah. So we start, the concept is sort of immediately thrown at you that, like, Mr. Krabs is doing the comedy crab, uh, where there's stand-up comedy happening at the Krusty Krab to sort of, I don't know, change things up, milk more money out of people, and it's packed. I'm surprised at how crowded it is, honestly. Yeah, and you got to imagine there's some sort of an entry fee, right? This is... This oh, there's Mr. no Krabs way there isn't a cover, it's not yeah. free. Uh, but they're all there. They're all pumped to see... I forget what this guy's name is, but there's just this guy in this funny outfit, and they uh, they just lose it. He just walks out, and he's, like, wearing funny clothes, and they're all losing it, and he's like, I'm gonna skip the jokes and get straight to the part where I throw pies at all of you, which I guess is a thing that happens in comedy clubs in Bikini Bottom. Clearly. And then SpongeBob is up next, and he is just tanking. He's sort of just talking about work humor. He's like, what about it closing when you have to do blah, blah, blah? And what about tomatoes? Are they a vegetable or a... And he just goes, fruit. <laughs> and his eyes go wide and he looks just completely decimated. And what does that make ketchup? <laughs> and just... Which is kind of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But, like, you can just feel him, you know, and... and... I've never done any kind of stand-up, but I imagine that even the best of them for what I've heard, like, there are moments where your jokes just don't land, and you just start feeling that, like, what do I do now? And I, I feel like we've all sort of had those moments, even just in friend groups, where you're, like, telling a story that you thought was funny, and as you're telling it, you're like, this isn't a good joke anymore. Yep. I don't know where I'm going with this. In my family, you, you feel that. My, in my family, my dad just goes right for the jugular. He'll just go... Get on with the squirrel jokes, or a, oh, brother, this guy's terrible. <laughs> or no, it's this guy he stinks, does, right? Act. This guy stinks, yeah. yeah. I, I've heard his dad say, get on with the squirrel jokes before. True story. Uh, yeah, the one guy but, uh, is so mad, the one audience member. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, SpongeBob's like, have you guys ever noticed about, uh, Forks and there's the guy in the audience that just goes forks. forks. <laughs> yeah, we, it's the most ridiculous thing he's ever we heard. We lingered on that in our uh, quote off back in episode two because it just tickled us so much. But then the second he goes racist, everyone starts to chuckle. Like he wins them over immediately. He's like, "Ever notice how uh, how big squirrels' teeth are? I guess speciesist, but in this metaphor, it's you know racism and and they immediately are." on his side and it's so unfortunate yeah. because sandy is one of the most like mature and fleshed out characters on this show i think she's a godsend to bikini bottom and they're all just they're all and they're all so dumb and they're they're all making fun of her who's like a scientist yeah and and to be fair you know at first the first joke she's kind of able to laugh it off mm -hmm. but he keeps he keeps pushing the boundaries of it and you know it's it gets a little more personal about how stupid she is and you know and and clearly too because it's just her right this isn't this isn't a joke against like i don't know some group of people that they all know or like half of them it's literally just her like she's the only squirrel in all of bikini bottom we can presume right yeah so it's it's obviously very personal and so she she does though very maturely very intelligently she goes backstage and she sort of says you know spongebob those jokes are hurtful and 
I'd really appreciate it if you, you know, could make some other jokes. And, uh, he's like, oh, come on, Sandy, you know I don't mean it. We've all got to laugh at ourselves sometimes. And, uh, he pulls out a mirror and sort of laughs at himself, literally, which I think is a cute little bit. But I think, again, it, um, you can tell Sandy's sort of like, yeah, you know, I guess I was being a little too hard on you. It's okay. So she's, I think they do a good job of making her a good sport. So it's not like we hate her for complaining about for it. For sure. Because she does, she gets that it's humor, and she gets that that's there, but there's a real impact to it, right? Which we see later on. Definitely. And so then he goes and does his second act later, because apparently this is a regular thing that never happens again, this comedy crab. And Spongebob immediately goes back to the old jokes, um, but takes them even further. They're meaner. They're less funny, too. They're just, like kind of cruel and unnecessary and I do respect Sandy her the first time she goes up to Spongebob she's very direct she just deals with it directly no passive aggression or anything she's just I don't love this uh she says okay I'll give him a chance he does it again and it's worse and so she leaves a note for Spongebob saying hey come over to the tree dome and we'll celebrate your funny jokes or something and also, can we talk about Patrick, how awful he is to Sandy in this episode? It's oh my God. it's hilarious, but the irony of it is great, that Patrick is, like, the dumbest person in Bikini Bottom, and he's talking slowly to her. We've got the scene where we see the effect on Sandy as she's shopping, and there's, like, the deodorant, I think she should buy both, all that other stuff, and she, uh, it, uh the jokes are having a real impact on her, and not just in her own mind. It's an actual, tangible thing that's happening in society. Yeah, everyone's treating her different. Everyone's being really rude. Um, so it's super, super relevant for her to be upset. And so, yeah, he goes through, makes the jokes again. And she deals with this in, honestly, just the best way to do it. She lives up to his stereotypes. He gets to the tree dome, and she's gone full hick. Just completely committed to the part. Uh, she's wearing, like, overalls with one of the straps hanging off. She has flies following her because now she smells bad like she supposedly does and just sort of shows like, oh, is this is this what I am now? I guess this is me. I guess I'm a dumb, stinky squirrel. Here we go. How funny is this? And I, I just think that's a great way to for her to deal. Yep. And we've got the debated line that Ashley and I went back and forth over for a while. The wallet, watch, waffles when Spongebob's asking for water. We were debating the third one. I was wrong. Ashley was right. It's fine. But that happens, she loads him <laughs> up with water, she starts just, like, she opens up a faucet to the outside ocean, and just fills him up with, like, a large portion of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, and he, he keeps getting, you know, more and more, uh, or I guess absorbing more and more water, getting larger, and he's like, okay, Sandy, okay, I get it! And he just keeps, keeps going until he fills up the entirety of the tree dome, and is like... No more squirrel jokes, <laughs> which is technically not true. He does make one last one, but it's right. tasteful. You know, he yeah. says, ah, uh, oh, you know, I ran into a, a squirrel before I got here, and I said, why don't you get some of your friends together, and we'll screw in a light bulb. Kind of a throwback to his old act. Right, and it but, is. Uh, quickly branches into a, go ahead. I find, like, his comedy confidence grows so quickly, which is kind of cool that, like, he was so nervous and awful at first, and yes, he gets that confidence through telling racist jokes, but he 
is able to build on that. And his delivery is genuinely funny. It's, you know, it's like your sort of classic. It's very Seinfeld, the whole thing. And it's very observational. And he, like you were about to say, he turns it in on himself. And he says, I mean, but the only thing dumber than a squirrel is a sponge. Like, we don't even have a vertebrae. Look at me. Got no bones. He's kind of dancing around. <laughs> yeah, and he turns it against the audience, too, which is mostly just random fish. And he's like, and fish, What? how can a creature that's underwater all the time smells so bad i mean really like just those kinds of things i thought that joke was his funniest one it's funnier than all the squirrel jokes ones he does little gills with his hands and he's going soap soap what is soap and he's got big fish eyes like if a comedian did that i would actually like really laugh at that yeah it's it's great and again i think it kind of shows how it's not that Sandy was getting offended. It's not that she's this oversensitive character. It's that, one, it was unfounded jokes, and two, that it was having a real impact on the way people viewed her, and how, you know, she's okay with that sort of little notch at her, but let's let's spread it around, right? Let's spread around the love of us all accepting our little faults and not just double down on her. Yeah, so thank you, Mega Ferret, for this episode. We really enjoyed watching it and discussing it, and congratulations on your win. Yeah, and we'll we'll get you your prize sent out pretty soon. I'll you know we'll we'll give you a message so that you know when to expect it when it's coming. But congrats, really great job there. Ended up picking uh, Jimmy Neutron to be in the final among the few to do that. So. Congrats on that. Uh, I think that sums up everything. Are we good to jump into trivia? I'm ready if you are. Alright, we're back with another round of Nick Trivia. And our current standings are me with five, Ashley with six. It was looking really rough for me for a while, but I could tie it up today. So yeah, we'll things see. are nuts, but I'm hanging in there, guys. No worries. Um, my question for you is, of course, SpongeBob related, and it's just a broad one here, is how many episodes of SpongeBob have been aired to date? And that means um, A and B are considered a single episode, and also um, not including episodes that they have pre-planned or pre-written that are airing later this year, for example follow everything's good there yep i do cool um is it a 152 b 187 c 211 or d 243 so they're all kind of spread out there i felt like that made a little more fair d 243 final answer yes that is incorrect it's actually 211 so still very large that was my first choice (laughs) but that was my first thought was 211 that sounds lame but it really was and i was like you know what i'll bet she's trying to trick me i'll bet she went with the highest one because it's been running forever well that's disappointing but But, good question fair question 211 that's kind of nuts man i mean it's been going on for 10 seasons but that's that's a lot of spongebob and assuming i don't know most of those can have you know a and b's that's a lot of Spongebob-related plots to come up with. Anywho. Oh, right, because they're combined. Right. That's true. 
But you could say, like, we're at episode 45 of our show, and we do three every show, you know? Yeah, but we don't have to come up with the content. That's very true. That is very true. (laughs) (laughs) We are creatively lazy. That's why we do this. We come up with the concept Uh, of, you know, we have to come up with the themes. You guys love the themes, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The themes are why you all watch this. Listen to this. All right, my question. There is a Nicktoon-themed video game called Nicktoons Unite. And it featured four Nicktoons. It used characters and worlds from only four shows. It wasn't like a, here's every Nicktoon, just these four. I will award you two points if you can name all four unprompted. And if you can't, we'll go to multiple choice. So, wait. Do I have to make the gamble, though, if I'm going for all four? Or do I, can I guess four? Like, is this like I, I choose either to go for the two points or to go for the one? Is that how this functions? No. Nope. Nope, it's both. I'm being kind of generous just for the gimmick. Okay, that's um, that's what I'm telling so you, because otherwise... Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to so go you, ahead and say Spongebob. Uh, that is interesting. I kind of like giving you... I like giving you the choice now, actually. Okay. <laughs> I think I will. So we'll, we'll take your idea. So you can choose to name all four for two points if you get it right, and you have to get them all. Or uh, I can give you multiple choice for the usual one point. Okay, so let me process this for a minute, because there's... You got, you got 20 seconds to, to pick. You know, I'm just going to... Which option? I'm going to go ahead. I don't want to be lame, but I don't think I'll get it right on my own. I just don't. That's I don't fine. think I'll pick the right four. I'm going to go with the multiple choice. Part of me is thinking okay. I have the lead, but I'm just... I'm going to go be lame. I'm multiple choicing it. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Okay, so which one of these is not one of the four? So that means one is left out. Right. I will tell you the one I'm leaving out is SpongeBob. That's fair. So SpongeBob is in the <laughs> video was, game. I was going Three to of these do four. <laughs> so which one is not in Nicktoons Unite the video game? Is it Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, Rugrats, or Jimmy Neutron? I'm gonna go with. Rugrats, final answer. Okay, are you, I mean, Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom are pretty similar, but uh, would be kind of weird to put both of them in a video game, wouldn't it? But since you said final answer, that is correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would never have guessed to put Danny Phantom in my Ford, so I'm glad that right. I had multiple choice on that. So why did you think it would be in the game, just from that era? Um, just, I thought it would be weird to have babies alongside the rest of them. Hmm. Maybe I should have picked a better odd one out, but, uh... uh I mean, logistically, it was a big show. I wasn't confident. That was just my first thought, and sometimes you gotta go with your gut, you know? Yeah. Alright, so you have increased the lead, and just like that, I'm down two again. But still got about two months before your graduation. A little less time than that, actually. Uh, Maybe six episodes. About 38 days, but who's counting? Well, from the time this episode comes out, it'll be even less than (laughs) that. But Three, four, five. So we'll have five more episodes until then. Nuts. Um, And depending on if it's still close around then, maybe we'll extend it to June. But... Well, it depends how cheap I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much did you win by the end? You won by two points in the end, right? I think Just two, yeah. So I think if we have around a two-point spread, that we should just call it then, call that the season. Okay, and then take a break, and then pick it back up again. Yeah. That sounds like a plan to me. Because that's near mid-year as well. Plus, yeah, right. that, that sounds good to me. 
Man, Sweet. that's upsetting, but you want it fair and square. Well done. I mean, hey, I, I, you know, I allowed you the win before and uh, got oh. you those great prizes. So that's I'm just true. saying I conceded. You know, I'm I'm able to know when it's a fair election. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up trivia. Wasn't this fun? We'll have our conclusion next. Our fun fact this week is SpongeBob related, and it's that many of the ideas for the series originated in an unpublished educational comic book titled The Intertidal Zone, which Hillenburg created in 1989. And I thought that was kind of fun, one, that this was originally any kind of educational, and just, two that that's sort of, you know, those ideas still got to live through today. Yeah, it predates the show by a decade, which is fascinating. So, for our Twitter poll this week, it's our first Twitter poll in a long time that is not Nick Madness related, we're asking you which character you would give the wish to in the Shanghai episode, Spongebob, Patrick, or Squidward. And let's say, independent of the actual ending we saw in the episode, who would you trust to give the wish to to get them out of the situation? Yeah, I think that's... I think it'll be an interesting question to see. I And I think there's valid rationale for, uh... You know, no, really only two of the three, but I'll let you guys pick what you want to pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, alrighty. Next week, we will be joined by Casey's friend Max, also the second-place winner of the brackets. Uh, he's been a long-time uh, Nickelodeon, Nicktoon fanboy, so he's excited to be on with us. We've been thinking about having him on for a while, We haven't decided the concept yet, but he'll be along for the ride with us, so it'll be a fun one. Totally. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for participating in Nick Madness. For those of you who are new to the podcast from the tournament, we hope you stick around. It's it's a lot of fun. And we're going to start, well, like we did for this episode, we will tell you which episodes to watch on our Twitter if you would like to watch before the episodes come out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.